السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu tells us an incident that occurred in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There was a young man by the name of Abu Yusuf and he told a story to Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu that we should all pay very close attention to. Abu Yusuf 
this young man of Medina was working one day in the souq, in the marketplace. He was selling dates. And while he was there in the marketplace of Medina, a young woman came to buy some dates. He was talking to this young woman. He found her quite attractive. He liked her. The problem was, she was a married woman. And her husband was away on an expedition, a sariya. He didn't know that, but he was attracted to her, and he liked her, and he was having this conversation with her, selling his dates. He said to her, Abu Yusr, you know I have some better quality dates at my house. Why don't you come with me and I'll get them for you. And this young woman innocently and naively agreed to go to his house to get what she felt were better quality dates. And as they were in the house, they were talking to each other, and Abu Yusur's desires got the better of him, and he went over to her, and he kissed her. Immediately he knew that he messed up. He knew immediately that he committed a sin. Because Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, لَا تَقْرَبُ zina, Do not come close to fornication. And here he is, Abu Yusr, a Sahabi, by himself, in his home, alone, with a married woman that he just kissed in the throes of passion and desire. She left, and he also left his own house. He was very worried about his state. So, he said that he went around, and later that day, he found Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And he sat with Abu Bakr, and he told him everything that happened. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu said to him that he has to conceal his sin. He said, hide your sin, conceal it. Ask Allah to forgive you, and don't tell anyone. But Abu Yusr says, I was impatient, and he felt he had to get more advice. The advice of Abu Bakr for him was not sufficient. So he went around until he found Sayyidina Umar anhu. He sat down with Sayyidina Umar and he told him what happened between him and that young lady. And Umar told him, seek Allah's forgiveness, conceal your sin and do not tell anyone. But Abu Yusr, having heard the same advice from Abu Bakr, was impatient and he wanted more. Until finally, he went and sat in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he told him everything that he did. What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say to him? He said, is this how you would look after the wife of a man who was set out in the cause of Allah fi sabirillah? The Prophet ﷺ shamed him. Because shame, shaming people is not always a bad thing. Sometimes people need to be shamed if it wakes them up. And so he shamed him with his prophetic concern and his beautiful words. He says, is this how you would look after the wife of a 
woman whose husband has gone out fi sabirillah. And Abu Yusuf is telling this story to Ibn Abbas. And he says that at that moment when the Prophet ﷺ said this, I wish that I had just embraced Islam. Why? Because embracing Islam wipes away the previous sins. So he was so full of regret over what happened that when the Prophet ﷺ said this, he wished that he had become Muslim at that moment so the sin would have been wiped away. He was very disturbed. He was worried that he had ruined his hereafter. But he continues with the story. He tells Ibn Abbas that after the Prophet ﷺ said this, he lowered his head and he was silent for some time. And in those moments of silence, the subtext of this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Qur'an, Wahi, to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in that moment. And then he recited it to Abu Yusr. This means that the very first Sahabi to hear this verse was Abu Yusr. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa lifted his head and recited the verse وَأَقِيمِ الصَّلَاةَ طَرَفَيِ النَّهَارِ وَزُرُفًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ Allah Ta'ala says, And establish the prayer at the two ends of the day, and at the approach of night. Indeed, good deeds wipe away bad deeds. Good deeds wipe away bad deeds. This means that by Him establishing the five daily prayers, he has the opportunity for those sins to be wiped away. Abu Yusuf was astonished and he says, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, is this exclusively for me? Is this verse particularly for me? Or is it for everyone, all people in general? And the Prophet says, Lijami'i ummati kullihim. This verse is for all of my ummah, all of my nation. Allahu Akbar. This verse applies to every single member of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Dear brothers and sisters, it is a fundamental truth that we as fallible human beings are prone to errors, to mistakes in judgment, to slips and sins. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa tells us that if you did not sin, Allah would replace you with a people who did sin, who could then seek forgiveness and be forgiven by their Lord. He tells us, Kullu bani Adam khattaun, All of the children of Adam are prone to make mistakes, to sin. And the best of those who sin are those who make repentance, those who try to get back up and seek forgiveness and resolve to do better next time. And these sins that we're prone to as children of Adam are varied. Some of them are inward, some of them are outward, some of them are sins of the eyes, some are sins of the ears, some are sins of the tongue, some are sins of the heart. And these things that we are prone to accumulate over time 
and slowly darken our hearts one sin at a time. As the Prophet ﷺ tells us, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا أَخْطَأَ خَطِيئَةً نُكِتَتْ فِي قَلْبِهِ نُكْتَةٌ فَإِذَا هُوَ نَزَعَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ وَتَابَ سُقِلَ قَلْبُهُ وَإِنْ عَادَ زِيدَ فِيهَا حَتَّى تَعْلُوَ قَلْبَهُ وَهُوَ الرَّانُ الَّذِي ذَكَرَ اللَّهِ كَلَّا بَلْ رَانَ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ The Prophet ﷺ tells us in this hadith that when a servant commits a sin, a black mark appears upon his heart. If he abandons the sin, seeks forgiveness and repents, then the heart will be polished. And if he returns to the sin, the blackness will be increased until it overcomes his heart. And this is the covering, the ran, that Allah mentions in Surah Al-Mutaffifeen, no, rather a covering is over their hearts from what they earned, the sins they earned. Understand, dear brothers and sisters, that no soul will enter Jannah, the gardens of paradise, unless that soul is tahira, unless it's pure. And every believing soul, every Muslim soul, is pure from idolatry, from kufr, and from shirk, alhamdulillah. But not every Muslim soul is pure from sins and disobedience. And this means, dear brothers and sisters, that we as Muslims must know what is haram and sinful, and we must avoid them. And if we fall into them, we have to make tawbah, we have to seek forgiveness, we have to repair the damage, and in addition to all of that, we should look for those things that will wipe away, wash away, erase and efface the effects of the sins that we have fallen into. What we call kafara, the expiation, the thing that wipes it away. Dear brothers and sisters, the ulama have told us that sin, that the sea, the bahar, the sea of sins, metaphorically speaking, is brimming. And its waves, the waves of sin, are towering. And the darkness of sins has been growing steadily and darker. And we are now at a point in human history where it is incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to get away from sins unscathed. We are surrounded by them unlike any time in human history. Therefore, as the ulama say, in this age that we find ourselves in, one should have three areas of focus in their life. Three areas of focus. Number one, you have to correct your knowledge and learn what is individually obligatory on you, fardain, on the way of Ahl Sunnah. Number two, you have to correct your actions by implementing that Fardain, what is individually obligatory on you. And lastly, you have to commit to the deeds and the causes that wipe away the effects of the sins that you accumulate in life. And this is the third point that we're focusing on in today's khutbah. The mukaffirat, those things that wipe away the effects of sins. 
The ulama say that in this age, it is important that we focus on this third aspect. That we look for those deeds and causes that will wipe away the effects of the sins that accumulate, or, and that surround us. These, dear brothers and sisters, are called the mukaffirat. And they're called mukaffirat because they expiate and redress. They atone and help wipe away and conceal and cover the bad effects of the sins that we accumulate in our lives. In Arabic, the word kufr means to cover or conceal. And a kafir is one who covers and conceals. This is the haqiqa lughawiya, the linguistic meaning, not the legal meaning, haqiqa shar'iya, the linguistic meaning, to cover and conceal. So the foundation of these mukaffirat, these things that will wipe away our sins, is found in the words of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, who tells us, The good deeds do away with the bad deeds. The good deeds wipe away the effects of the bad deeds. One of the great scholars of Islam, Sheikh Umar al-Futi, rahimahullah, he says very beautifully that when speaking about the things that wipe away our sins, he says that this may be likened to a person who bandages himself each time he gets cut. The one who's quick to put on a bandage, to bandage his wounds, will heal more quickly and will be better off than the one who gets wounded and doesn't treat his wounds. So imagine a person is out somewhere and he gets lots of wounds across his body. Doesn't it make sense for him to clean his, wounded, clean his wounds and bandage them up? Doesn't it make sense for him to stop, wash those wounds, and wrap them up individually so that they can heal properly? What if that person who gets multiple cuts has a weakened immune system? What if he lives in a very environmentally toxic environment and he gets multiple cuts across his body? Shouldn't he clean his wounds and bandage them up? What will happen if he gets multiple cuts daily and never cleans his wounds, never bandages them up, and then his immune system gets weaker and weaker by the day? This is an analogy. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, it behooves us, it is important for us to know what are these mukaffirat, what are some of these things that we can be doing in our life to address the influx of sins that come in through our eyes and our ears and that come out from our tongue and our hands and our feet. What are the things that we can do daily that will wipe away the effects of these sins? How can we bandage ourselves, metaphorically speaking? we have to look for these mukaffirat in our life. Now we have to understand that the mukaffirat, those things that wipe away our sins, are primarily for minor sins. They're not for major sins, according to the majority of the ulama. The grave sins, the kabair, they require tawbah. And they're not necessarily wiped away by the things that we can do, the good deeds. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah An-Nisa, إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَنُدْخِلْكُمْ مُدْخَلًا كَرِيمًا He says, 
subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you avoid the major sins, we will wipe away, we will expiate the sin, the other sins that you have accrued and enter you into a noble abode. This means that in order for the minor sins to be wiped away, we have to be known, we have to know what the major sins are and we have to avoid them. So of all of the things that can wipe away our sins, what is at the top of that list? At the top of that list is what we find in the hadith of Abu Yusur radiallahu anhu. The primary and foundational mukaffir, the thing that wipes away sins, is establishing the five daily prayers on time. There's never going to be a time where this basic spiritual practice will not be important to us. And we see in the hadith of Abu Yusur radiallahu anhu, that dutifully praying the five daily prayers on time will wipe away the minor sins that occur in between them. That was his medicine. When Abu Yusr radiallahu anhu heard from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that praying the five daily prayers wipes away the effects of these, these sins, he was shamed for the sin, so he doesn't go back to it, but he was also told that Continuing with the five daily prayers continuously, consistently, properly, on time, wipes away the effects of those sins that he fell into. The Prophet ﷺ tells us in the hadith recorded by Sayyidina Uthman, radiallahu anhu, the Prophet says that there is not an individual Muslim who finds the time of the prescribed prayer upon him and who performs his wudu well and observes its proper humility and focus and its bowing and prostration except that it will be a kafara it will wipe away the sins committed before it as long as he did not commit any major sin and this he says applies to all times another thing that wipes away the effects of our sins is one we are in right now and that is attending Salatul Jumu'ah with its proper etiquette observed. It is recorded by Sayyiduna Salman al-Farisi ibn al-Islam radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda. He relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that whoever takes the ghusl on the day of Jumu'ah, they wash properly for this day and they apply any scent, if they have any, for men. And they wear their best attire and they head out to the Salat in a state of tranquility, sakina, until arriving at the masjid, and then prays if it occurs to him to pray, meaning voluntary prayers, and he does not harm anyone, and then he remains attentively silent. When the Imam comes out to pray, it will be a kafara between it and the subsequent Jumu'ah. It becomes the thing that wipes away the sins that accrue between it and the following Jumu'ah. But if those conditions are observed, those things must be in place, especially the last one. This is a very easy way to have our minor sins wiped away. 
But how many people waste this golden opportunity by coming to Jumu'ah and chatting with people to their left and to their right, including salabs, scrolling on their phone, and other things that negate the conditions mentioned in the hadith, particularly the insat, when the Prophet ﷺ says, وَأَنصَطَ This person remains attentively silent. What is insat, by the way? Insat, mentioned in this hadith, we say it means listening attentively. How do you tell someone in Arabic to be quiet? You don't say it, because you're not supposed to speak at Jumu'ah, but in Arabic you say, Uskut. But this can be a little rude. Uskut means be silent. But in Arabic, when you say, Ansit, it doesn't mean be silent. It means be silent and listen to what's being said. So in salat, in Jumu'ah, is not just shutting your mouth. It is being quiet and listening attentively. This is what the Prophet ﷺ instructs us with. And a person who does that, who observes this etiquette, they pray the Jumu'ah, and then this becomes a beautiful act that wipes away the effect of the minor sins that they may fall into between that Jumu'ah and the next. Another thing that can wipe away the effects of the sins that come up in our life is just general good deeds, general hasanat. Because Allah Ta'ala tells us in that verse, إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ سَيِّئَاتِ Indeed, good deeds do away with bad deeds. And by saying al-hasanat, it means anything considered a good deed. Anything Allah considers good is a hasana, and it becomes a means of doing away with bad deeds. This could be secret charity. It could be helping someone carry their groceries. It could be opening a door for someone. It could be just smiling and being a pleasant person with someone. These are all good deeds that wipe away and do away with the effects of the minor sins that we accrue through the day and through the night. Look at Allah's generosity. Allah is Kareem. Kareem. Akramul Akrameen. He is generous. He is so generous that not only does He reward good deeds from 7 to 10 up to 700 in their value, not only does He do that, but He, doesn't, he considers a single sin a single sin. The effect of the sin is not multiplied. And not only that, it gets wiped away through the things that we do, seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is kareem. He's given us so many opportunities because He knows that we are prone to error and sin. We're prone to forget and slip. That is the nature of human beings. And He's given us that opportunity to purify ourselves through the basic things that we establish in our life. May Allah Ta'ala purify us and may Allah Ta'ala forgive us and inspire us with true tawbah, with true repentance and to be better. And may Allah Ta'ala pardon our sins with mercy, gentleness and ease. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen 
حمداً كثيراً طيباً مباركاً فيك ما يحب ربنا ويرضى والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان المتلازمان على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليماً كثيراً أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters, Allah Ta'ala has honored us and has blessed us to enter into the sacred month, the month of Allah, Shahrullah, the month of Rajab. And we are just two months away from the month of Ramadan. Between now and Ramadan, we have an opportunity to prepare our souls to receive the gifts of Ramadan, to receive the gifts in that month of Rahmah, of mercy, that month of maghfirah, of forgiveness, that month of al-itq min al-nar, of emancipation from the hellfire. And it's very important that in these coming weeks, as we get ready to receive that beautiful month, that we have a proper orientation, that we have a proper direction, and we know exactly what we are doing and what we are seeking. We fast in the month of Ramadan, abstaining from food and drink and intercourse and other things, Lillahi subhanahu for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. We are abstaining in the month of Ramadan from the halal for His sake to develop taqwa and purity so we can better abstain from the haram. So if we can discipline ourselves in the month of Ramadan to leave the halal in the daytime, hopefully we can discipline ourselves to have taqwa and leave the haram 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year. But we know that strive as we may, we are human beings. We falter, we fail, we forget, we remember, we fall down, we get back up. That is the human story. So another intention we bring into the month of Ramadan is to purify our souls and cleanse our souls from the effects of the sins that we accrued between the previous Ramadan and the current Ramadan. The problem is, many people fall into a subtle trap of the ego, a trap also set by Shaytan himself, in that they postpone this process of purification, and they wait until Ramadan to get things right. They may not say it with their tongue, but in their minds they're thinking, I'm waiting for Ramadan to get things right. I'm going to really buckle down this Ramadan. They're waiting for this opportune time that may never come. And even if it comes, they don't know if when it comes, will they still have that same energy and focus that they have now. So postponement of deeds is just from the, the nafs. So we don't seek purification only in Ramadan. It is monthly and yearly and weekly and hourly. It is daily. As servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we worship Allah every single day of the year. We are not Ramadani. We are Rabbani. 
We are not just about seeking those things in Ramadan. We seek them in every single moment. This means, dear brothers and sisters, that we seek the good deeds that are mukaffirat, that wipe away our sins, now and then. Now in the previous khutbah, the first khutbah, we mentioned some of the common things that wipe away sins. But there are others. Included among them is the tasbih and the tahmeed and the takbir, 33 times each. Subhanallah, 33 times. Alhamdulillah, 33 times. Allahu Akbar, 33 times after each salat, followed by La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that the one who says these after the daily prayers, غُفِرَتْ خَطَايَاهُ وَإِنْ كَانَتْ مِثْلَ زَبَدِ الْبَحْرِ He says that that person's sins will be forgiven even if they were like the foam of the ocean, even if they were many. This is one of the things that we can do. Another thing we can do is to simply say sincerely from our heart, Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. I seek the forgiveness of Allah. Allah tells us in the Quran, describing the believers, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ He describes the believers as those who, when, when they do an immoral act, a sinful act, or when they wrong themselves, not if, when, إِذَا وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا Not in فَعَلُوا When they do a wrong act or wrong themselves, they remember Allah and then they seek Allah's forgiveness for their sins. And who is it that can forgive sins besides Allah? And then Allah describes them. وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ and they do not persist, they do not insist or persist in doing those things whilst they know. This is very important. It is one thing to say astaghfirullah and never intend to go back to something. It is something else entirely to do something that is haram and say astaghfirullah knowing full well you're going to go right back to it. The ulama, they say, لا كبيرة مع الاستغفار ولا صغيرة مع الإصرار. There is no major sin when it's coupled with seeking true forgiveness. It gets wiped away. Likewise, there's no minor sin when it's coupled with insistence. Meaning the minor sins can become major sins if the person stubbornly insists on doing them. Because this is a kind of tahawun. It's a kind of belittlement of the gravity of the act. So one has to be mindful of this as well. At the end of the day, Allah Ta'ala is Kareem. And we are in a challenging time and era, surrounded by sins, by ma'asiyah. But we must not lose hope. At the same time, however, we have to work to be better. We maintain hope, but we do not rely on hope and use it as an excuse to slacken off. 
Likewise, we don't rely on our deeds for how good we are. So though there are multiple things we can do that may wipe away the effects of our sins, and we are thankful to Allah for those things, Allah Ta'ala offers us hope through them to cleanse ourselves, but we trust in Him and know that no matter what, we still have to work on ourselves. And we have to know that even though we may succumb to sins, there is always a way out. Because no matter what happens, your sins are not greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. May Allah cleanse us gently with His pardon and His forgiveness. And may He make the actions He creates for us a means of closeness to Him. May Allah Ta'ala inspire us to trust in Him and not trust in our deeds. May He reward us and forgive us based on His mercy and His generosity, not the value of our actions. May Allah bless us in our Rajab and in our Sha'ban and enable us to reach the month of Ramadan. Ameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad زين المرسلين والأخيار وأكرم من أظلم عليه الليل وأشرق عليه النهار سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى صلاتكم